Hello, FPCA Nation. My name is Joey Ingerberson, and I'm your host. I'm joined by Katie Day, who is currently the Assistant Director of Marketing at Nebraska and is the founder of YP Sports Chat. Thank you for joining us today, Katie. Yeah, of course. So why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your background in college athletics and your current position uh, at Nebraska? Yeah, so I went to the University of Michigan for undergrad, where I interned with the marketing and fan experience department my junior and senior year. And growing up, I didn't realize at the time I had a lot of unique fan experience moments and through my internship at Michigan, realized that some of those opportunities that I had as a kid growing up were memories and experiences that I could provide to fans through working in the marketing and fan experience department and area of our industry. And growing up, I lived all over the country, so it didn't really matter where I went after Michigan. I was open to small schools, large schools, D1 schools, D2 schools, and ended up at McNeese State, which is a FCS school in Louisiana, where I was a marketing assistant, but I was based in the ticket office, so I did marketing and ticketing on a daily basis, and then for football, ran our production shed, and for basketball season, was actually the replay official, so got a lot of hands-on experience in a bunch of different areas with being at a smaller school with smaller staffing and just got exposed to all of external and what goes into game days from all different areas and departments where at Michigan, I really only was familiar and aware with kind of what events was doing to an extent because we worked with them on some of our giveaway stuff and promotions, but got to see a whole bunch of different areas and get like the bigger picture of a college athletics department and really enjoyed the variety that I got at McNeese and kind of want to keep that variety variety to an extent, but have a little bit more narrow focus. So luckily when the posting for Utah State came open and went through the interview process and got that one, it was nice because I still got to do a variety of stuff with running social media accounts, having specific sports that I was over as the lead marketing person, and then overseeing interns and doing a little bit more with that in the kids club, which I kind of started and rebranded at McNeese and then their kids club was basically a youth ticket before I got there, but turned it into like an actual kids club with the experiences and stuff that you tend to associate with that program. And then was there for three and a half years, started as a marketing assistant, then got the assistant director of marketing position. And then uh, even though I lived all over, kind of grew up with my dad's side of the family being Michigan fans. So the conference I was most familiar with was the big 10. So when the opportunity opened up at Nebraska. I knew I had to at least apply for it and try to get in stuff. Ended up here late November of 2019, five games into women's basketball season. Didn't have a regular season 2019-2020 because COVID shut everything down before I had a single home softball game, which is my other main sport here. And then My other responsibilities are everything students. So I'm on some campus committees with our welcome back week that we do our orientations over the summer where we promote student tickets. I oversee our student section, our intern program. And then I wasn't supposed to have kids club originally, um, but I kind of stole it from our marketing assistant two years ago to do a rebrand with it because I really 
care about the kids club stuff and think that you really need to get those fans engaged at a young age to create the super fans that we're kind of seeing a decrease in in college athletics right now. That's awesome. And a few years ago, you started YP Sports Tech. For anyone that's listening and doesn't know what that is, could you explain a little bit exactly what YP Sports Chat is? Yeah, so a lot of people don't fully believe me when I say this at first, but coming out of Michigan, I did a really good job getting the experience with that internship and a few other brand ambassador campus positions with some websites and sporting companies. But I didn't really focus and really connect the dots on like the networking side as much when I was an undergrad. So I got to McNeese and one night there's not a, Lake Charles is a decent sized city, but there's not a ton of stuff to do outside of the university stuff if you're not into gambling and casinos. So I was home one night and saw my boss at the time using a hashtag repeatedly within like minutes of each other. And it was the small college athletics chat. And coming from Michigan, McNeese was small college athletics. Um, I'm very familiar that there's D2 and NAI and Zuko. Um, and a lot of the participants, like even being at the FCS school, like we were there, like power five equivalent type of thing. Um, but it was really geared more towards mid-level people in the industry and like senior staff type people. So I could follow along and like contribute to the occasional question, but I wasn't able to be fully engaged and immersed with the topics because it wasn't things I could speak on or connect to. And through that chat, I learned about NACMA, which is the professional organization for marketing and college athletics and learned that there was a social media chat, which was really relevant to my position at the time because I hadn't had any graphic design experience or social media for like team accounts before going to McNeese and through those chats, networked with some people, found out about NACMA, did the NCA Emerging Leadership Seminar, but really through my like application process with that, realized that there wasn't really a chat geared towards young professionals in the industry. And with that ELS, there's 200 young professionals between GAs and entry-level positions going to a conference for three days. And with marketing, we don't get to travel with our teams most of the time. We're like ticketing sends people for football pass lists and some basketball pass lists and SIDs travel with the team. So like they get to meet people across the country in their position at other schools much more regularly than marketing specifically in some other areas. And the Twitter chat was an easy way to connect with people in different time zones, parts of the countries that I was doing. And I was like, I doubt since I barely knew that they existed and only stumbled upon it, like I doubt other young professionals are familiar that there's some Twitter chats that they could like just listen in on kind of thing, if not participate fully. And then at the time I had a co-host and founder helping me with it. And then, yeah, it's been over five years, which seems crazy at this point. <laughs> Yeah, that's amazing. And for anyone that is listening that does not follow, I highly suggest you follow them, especially on Twitter, YP Sports Chat. Now, what would you say makes you so passionate about the college athletic industry? What what makes you um, want to be in this field? I think the fans are definitely a lot more passionate 
and loyal than pro sports where they're more attached to individual athletes. And if that athlete leaves, then they're a fan of the new team and stuff where you have these fan bases that it's the team and the brand that they're supporting. And yes, they might have a favorite player and stuff, but they're Nebraska fans. They're not a specific student athlete fan kind of thing. And they're at all the games and they're very loyal, which I'm very fortunate at Nebraska with our fan base because we don't have, we have professional sports with like minor leagues, but in smaller sports, like we don't have the NFL, we don't have the NBA. We're not competing with a major league baseball team and just the fans are very, and the tradition behind college teams, like pro teams leave and relocate to different cities and stuff. You don't have colleges relocating to different cities. And then the fan experience stuff, as I mentioned, growing up, I went to clinics with Seattle Storm coaches and Washington Husky players. And I was the youngest person at those clinics. So I got a lot of one-on-one instruction and just those moments and experiences that didn't cost anything except time and effort to instruct a little kid on how to play basketball and college athletics. And you see it with pro sports teams with their kids clubs and stuff too, but like being able to create an impact fandom for hopefully their lives and stuff with like little kids and stuff. If you give them those experience, like they talk about those months after it happened, we've had fans who went to an event in August and they're like in June, their friend, their kids are still talking to their friends about how they, high five the volleyball team or got a signed autograph and just those kinds of moments. That's great. And college athletics especially is an industry where there's constant change. We've seen it most recently in NIL and uh, the changes to the transfer portal and uh, many, many things. What would you say currently in the college athletic industry as a whole is the most important current issue? I think outside of NIL because that's just it's a whole category that could go for hours of talking definitely with the impact of COVID and fans getting used to no fans and like having to watch games at home or at restaurants instead of being in the venue we need to find that happy medium of catering to fans who are literally too far to travel to a game on a weeknight but we also need to like, we want fans in the venue. Like we need that atmosphere for home court and fields and other playing surface advantages and coming up with how to bring those moments back and also make them bigger because fans got comfortable sitting at home where they have fridge full of food and cabinets full of snacks. And now we're asking them and wanting them to come back to the venue and stuff and just finding ways to make it a unique experience. So it's not exactly like they're missing something by not being in the venue versus watching on TV. That's perfect. Well, Katie, uh, again, thank you on behalf of all of us for, for joining. Um, my question would be, you kind of mentioned the ELS earlier. And I know that kind of applies to a lot of people in this group. Um, what were some of the key takeaways that you kind of got from that uh, convention and any advice you have for, for those who want to apply in the future? Yeah, and I know they've changed their policies on this every few years. So this one piece of advice might not be able to, but I, when I went, because I went back to back years, we got the list of attendees ahead of time so that you could kind of see like who 
in your area. So like marketing for me, like was going to be there and stuff and kind of, or like if there were people from other big 10 schools who were going to be there and they might not be marketing, but they're in the big 10. So like having those contacts at other schools in your conference and stuff. So if you're, if they do the list, definitely recommend looking at that ahead of time to kind of like map out and kind of plan people that like you want to meet. And obviously you're going to meet people that weren't part of that. And like, that's good for networking and stuff too, but going in with like a plan of like, I want to try and connect with these individuals definitely helped me both times. They, the programming is great. I went in the two-year cycle that it was almost the same speakers (laughs) both years. So there was new stories and stuff, but my second time, once I saw the agenda and stuff and realized that it's about relationships, like as much as, and for any conferences, and I say this for our interns who are looking to go to NACLA and stuff this year, if it keeps in person and doesn't go virtual again, um, but make a plan and like have an agenda and stuff, but things are going to come up. Like you're going to get caught talking to someone and like ELS, it's a little bit different. Cause like you have a project and stuff that you're working on and they have more structure. So like, there's not like, there's downtime in certain periods instead of just like at a conference like NACMA where you don't have to go to certain sessions. Like you can get coffee or something, but just definitely the networking and relationship building isn't in, and if you're a GA attending, like obviously you might have some grad school stuff that you have to balance and everything, but if you can definitely keep that evening portion open because outside of the project people go to dinner and go out and stuff and those that time to build relationships is just as important as talking to people in your groups that you get assigned or in sessions that you attend great thank you for that insight so my question is a lot of us will be starting new jobs soon or moving on at some point what do you think are the biggest priorities someone should have when they start a new role Yeah, I definitely think in COVID obviously has changed it a little bit, but trying to get around and have your department, either if it's your boss or a peer, just go around and introduce yourself to as many people in those first few weeks. It doesn't have to necessarily be someone that you constantly are going to be emailing, but like a problem with when I started was it was crossover season with the end of fall sports and winter sports starting. And I only initially met people that I was going to have like direct communication with for basketball and kind of the more immediate stuff. And then (laughs) we shut down and went to work from home. And there were people I was then emailing who I'd never had face-to-face conversation with, even though they didn't start after we moved to work from home and stuff. So like I didn't meet some people until we were back in the office and not on a hybrid schedule until last March, even though I'd been here over a year at that point. So, and people are more like, it's more natural to do in those first few weeks when you're new and it's like, Oh, they just got here from here. Like having those conversations and stuff. If you miss people, it's not the end of the world in those first few weeks, but definitely trying to meet majority of people in those first few weeks and then we're fortunate that we have access to our training table again as staff so that's an easy way to meet and have conversations with people 
that you work with, but not as much on a daily basis. So like events or communications and stuff, but just even grabbing like a coffee or lunch to pick people's brains and stuff of like, how has this position worked with you guys in the past? Like what improvements or like what kind of changes would you like to see kind of thing if you didn't have like an on-campus interview to ask those kinds of questions in that situation, I think helps a lot too. So Aaron's question is, what is the most important piece of advice given so far in your career? I definitely think the networking side of things, but with relation, like not to just be the person at conferences trying to like collect the most business cards and stuff. Like if you're an extrovert, like I am, obviously your number of like relationships and that like don't drain you and stuff is going to be a lot different than if you're a more introverted person so just knowing what number makes sense for you and I've had friends who like if I meet these five people in person and have a conversation with them like it'll be a successful conference for me where like my list is like close to like 40 or 50 people and I'm like I need to meet like see all these people and stuff so just knowing realistically what numbers make sense for you and like can maintain and have those genuine conversations because you don't want just to be like a hey I'm so and so here like can we exchange cards and like you don't know anything else about them so when you get home you're like I have all these business cards but I don't couldn't tell you one thing about each of these people so just knowing what makes sense for you personally and that it might look very different than a friend or a colleague who has their full day booked from waking up to going to bed. Great. And my last question that I have for you today is, is there anything surpri- that has surprised you in your college-led journey that maybe you didn't expect going into it or that might be unique? Yeah, I think just how different even, like forget schools being like FCS, mid-major, power five, and how they're structured and operate, but just even departments within big 10 schools or schools in your conference, like we have an entire digital department where our former marketing assistant came from Iowa and marketing overseas and does a lot of their social media. So you might think, oh, I want to do social media, but this power five school, like it's, it's like, but I love marketing and I want to do something with both. So like, I probably can't work at a power five school because they're normally two different departments. And I think you just need to dig deeper research wise, because there are those schools, even in within your own conference and stuff that aren't shaped and structured the same way. Of course. And that's all the time that we have here today. Um, Again, I want to thank you, Katie, for uh, taking the time to join us today. I'm sure everyone here and everyone listening has been able to learn a lot from you today, and I really appreciate it. And also, I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in to the FBCA podcast.